0: Like a locomotive sipping, drinking Arizona Mixtape just around the corner Did a lot in California Can't wait to drop this on you Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. Mark Daly here, welcome you back on uh, Sunday, October 29th, 2023, a couple of days away from Halloween. Flying solo again tonight. Uh, Mark Hamilton has been busy doing a reno of his house over the last uh, couple of weeks here. And I talked to Mark uh, this afternoon. He was up at 2 a.m. It's one of those things he got up in the middle of the night to get a drink of water, realized the state that his house was in and actually started working in the middle of the night to get this uh, thing done. When I talked to him uh, earlier this afternoon, he was tired. He'd been up working all weekend. And I said, Hammy, don't worry about it. We've been kind of trading back and forth and filling in for each other over the last uh, couple of weeks. Well, I was away for work and then he was away for work and vice versa and uh, on and on it went. And, uh, needed a break (laughs) so anyways I'm here by myself to uh, recap uh, some of the action that we saw over the past uh, couple of days at the Mexico City Grand Prix at the Autodromo uh, uh, Hermanos Rodriguez almost said that uh, flawlessly. It is uh, late on a Sunday night. I myself have been extremely busy with work over the past uh, month and uh, sometimes things just don't uh, come as naturally and as uh, seamlessly as as usual. I have a, a dire need of a break and after this week, I'm hoping that things will finally calm down and uh, you know the long days will be behind me for hopefully a very, very long time to come. Anyways, uh, before I jump into it, just want to give a quick shout out to to the Race Weekend magazine. You can check them out at the raceweekend.com That's R-A-C-E-W-K-N-D.com. And uh, if you like what they do and you decide to purchase a, a subscription, use our promo code at checkout, uh, Scuderia Pod, and you'll save 10% on your subscription. Also check out racecanetexclusives.com. Uh, they have uh, supplied us, uh, you know, gifted us with this beautiful autographed one-half scale Max Verstappen helmet to give away to the winner of our Fantasy League. This year, which we'll be doing in just a couple of weeks from now. Crazy to think that we're only just uh, only a few days away from November. There's like what three races left on the calendar, so we'll be at uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, Yas Marina, only three weeks, three and a half weeks, whatever it is, <laughs> it's the end of the season is coming rapidly. Anyways, we will be able to give that away very soon. You can check them out at racingexclusives.com for unique Formula One merchandise that comes with a certificate of authenticity so you know what you're getting is the real deal. Anyways, as I said, uh, I'm flying solo today and there are plenty of things to talk about. Uh, Max Verstappen winning Mexico City a record 16th win of the season and uh certainly there were some uh, talking points about that so well, let's just go down quickly. The race results, uh, obviously, I would think, hope that all of you have uh, seen the race uh, so far. <laughs> if you're tuning in to find out the, what happened to the race here, I'm going to set up uh, really quickly. Anyways, uh, Max Verstappen uh, wins this one. Lewis Hamilton uh, comes home P2 on the podium. And then you have uh, Charles Leclerc for Ferrari, who was also on pole for this race, rounding out the third step on the podium. They had uh, Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris, George Russell, Danny Ricardo. Yes, Danny Ricardo in the Alpha Tauri coming home P7, Oscar Piastri in 8th, Alex Albon in ninth, and Esteban Alca in the first of the two Alpines rounding out the top 10. So a very, very interesting race and uh, well... Well, interesting in the sense that uh, maybe it didn't have anything to do with the championship, but with Max uh, wrapping that up a couple of weeks ago and Red Bull also wrapping up the Constructors' Championship several weeks ago now, there were plenty of things uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, McLaren struggled a little bit uh, during qualifying. If we back it up and uh, see how the grid uh, set up, we had uh, a Ferrari front row lockout and Charles Leclerc on pole, Carlos Sainz second, then you had a row two of Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo. No, you did not hear that wrong. If you had, uh, if you look at, it, you had Charles Leclerc on pole. His uh, Q3 time was a one seventeen one six six. Uh, Carlos Sainz's time was a one seventeen point two three three. Max Verstappen a one seventeen two six three, and Daniel Ricciardo setting a one seventeen point three eight two. Very very competitive time, and he was one spot ahead of Sergio Perez in the second Red Bull. And uh, Sergio's time was a one seventeen point four two three. So very very interesting. And then just uh, rounding out uh, the the rest of the top 10 in qualifying at Lewis Hamilton, Oscar Piastri, George Russell, Valtteri Bottas and Guan Yu Zhou. So there you go. Interesting there. And then you had, um, where do we have the uh, Lando Norris just had a horrible qualifying, couldn't uh, get out of Q1, but his weekend on Sunday went a lot better than it did on Saturday. But just want to talk about, um, you know, the start of the race here, because it really sort of sets up what we're going to talk about. So Ferrari front row lockout. And I believe that the run-in from uh, start finish is uh, down to turn one, I believe, something like 800 meters, so a good half mile. Very long, very fast, very straight. You had the two uh, Ferraris and Max Verstappen and uh, and Sergio Perez all mixing up in the corner. When they got to uh, T1, you had Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, and and um, uh, Sergio Perez all lying abreast, Charles a little bit in between, Sergio trying to go around the outside. They collided. Sergio goes up in the air and goes into the runoff area at turn one, damages his car, and he's out by the end of lap one. Charles takes a little bit of damage. He stays behind uh, Max Verstappen, who's uh, taken the lead, and uh, it stays that way for quite some time. Then you had uh, Carlos Sense behind, and it was that was the big talking point, right? That is the talking point because Sergio Perez, he. has had some struggles this year, right? And then, uh, pardon me. like I said it's been a long it's been a very very long uh, evening you had uh, in the uh, in the final race classification you had Danny Ricardo coming home P7 which is in a very very impressive time because his teammate Yuki Sonoda in the second Alpha Tauri not even finishing in the points Yuki uh finishing P12 on Sunday afternoon so that is a really really interesting and uh, you know th- this is a topic that just isn't going to go away right we're going to be talking about what happened uh at that uh and the way that or turn one, and the way that uh, that Ricardo went on to have a very very competitive uh, drive, mixing it up with all the front runners. Obviously, that uh, he was going to be at a disadvantage because the the Alpha Tower ATO four just is not as competitive as some of the other cars uh, on the grid. It was more, you know it started out the season as probably one of the worst cars on the grid, but to see what uh, Danny Ricardo was uh, done with that. And we have to take into account that uh, Ricardo missed a substantial amount of time after coming back partway through the season to replace out Nick de Vries at Alpha AlphaTauri, only got in a couple of races before crashing at Sanford, breaking his hand, and then missing, what, a month and a half, two months, and only just uh, returning uh, back into the cockpit of that uh, AlphaTauri in the last couple of weeks. So to qualify where he did in fourth between Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez is nothing short of uh, amazing. And then to stick with it uh, throughout the race, a 71-lap race, which is a, a fairly, you know, that's that's a lot of laps that they put in uh, to complete this race, to get the full uh, race distance. And uh, Danny Ricardo uh, sticking, you know, keeping that P7, all of that is uh, really quite uh, impressive. Anyways, uh, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. We've got lots of re- really good, uh, 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 quotes here, and I want to get into to, to some of those. Uh, you know, the the most obviously the one that we want to hear from uh, first of all is uh, from um, Christian Horner, the team principal of uh, of Red Bull. So, speaking to Sky Sports after the race, um, Christian had a number of things uh, to, to to say about this, and he said, uh, "Quote: where well, he was asked uh, when." Um, uh, about the, the the difference in uh, races that uh, both max and sergio had on sunday he had the following say quote yeah i mean very contrasting another amazing race by max today total nutter dominance but for checo just absolutely gutting home race and he had a rocket ship launch and had so much momentum going into that first corner you can't blame him for going for it to try and take the lead at his own race Um, Then he goes on to uh, talk about um, uh, Sergio and some of the problems uh, and uh, difficulties uh, that he's had. Uh, Horner went on to say, quote, look, he's got 13 years of experience in Formula One, and I think when you're going through a difficult moment, it's important to support him. I think that he was having a great weekend up until that point, and he was going for the lead at his home race in Mexico City with the crowd that's an insane amount of support behind him, and three doesn't go into one, and unfortunately, he was just on the wrong side of it, end quote. So, Danny Ricardo, though, gets a, a little bit um, of praise here from Christian when uh, he was asked about uh, Ricardo's weekend. The the former Red Bull driver and current Alpha Tauri driver uh, was described by Christian Horner in the following words, quote, you couldn't be failed to be impressed by Daniel this weekend. I mean, his qualifying was outstanding yesterday and he showed his maturity and experience and pace in the car. I think that fighting a Mercedes and an Alpha Tauri for the best result of the year, it was a great performance and had to, uh, had not been for the red flag, he might have uh, actually fi- finished even further up. So he can take a lot of confidence coming back from injuries. He's had a rough time over the last couple of months having to sit on the sidelines, but that's the Daniel we're used to seeing. As we've seen in sport, confidence is such a thing, and his confidence is coming up. Checo, we just need him to have a confidence-boosting result, and he could have had it t- today, but it wasn't to be." quote. So Make that of what uh, what what you will. Uh, it's 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 really difficult now to really kind of get into what uh, the 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 thought process is going to be at Red Bull. What Christian Horner th- is thinking. What the uh, helmet Marco is thinking. And I, I don't want to pile on um, Sergio Perez. I mean, he's obviously had some difficult moments uh, this year. It hasn't gone uh, exactly the way that uh, the that that he wanted. He's obviously going to be under a tremendous amount of uh, self imposed uh, pressure to 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 perform, but. Uh, when you see these repeated incidents and these repeated weekends, I feel like over the course of the year that we've said quite a few times, "Geez, that was just a really rough weekend for Checo, right from P P one all the way to to the race, and it just it'll be one of those things where he's going to be looking forward to getting out of there, getting on the plane, going home." clearing his mind, and then going off to the next race in a week, two weeks, whatever it is, and starting fresh again. Um, obviously, this season, we're, we're and, and I hate to say we're going through the motions, or it's garbage time, or anything like that, but the championships are, are de- decided. So, I mean, there are other lower points paying uh, positions in both championships uh, to play for. There's developments. there's drivers trying to make a case for themselves. Ricardo obviously seems to really quickly re-establishing himself as the Danny Ricardo that we remembered uh, before he left uh, Red Bull to join first uh, Renault and then McLaren, and then uh, losing his drive at uh, McLaren last year uh, for um, Oscar Piastri, who's honestly has really grown into that role and has uh, gotten better and better as the season has gone on. But Ricardo taking that reserve driver role uh, at, uh, at, uh, at Red Bull again, and just uh, getting back to where he needed to be. I mean, it was always a bit of a strange situation. I still remember vividly the day back in uh, the, the summer in August of 2018 when Ricardo made the announcement. I remember watching the video on uh, social media. I think I was watching on Twitter at the time where Ricardo you know, announced that he would be uh, leaving Red Bull, going to to to, to Renault and taking over there. Obviously, he was always going to feel in the uh, in the shadow of Max Verstappen, who was very much on the ascendancy. You know, five years ago, you know, he'd won a number of races. So this is uh, prior to his first World Championship, obviously, but uh, Ricardo could uh, tell at that point that the, the the focus of the team was going to be about uh, Max Verstappen. He was the rising star and the one that uh, possibly could uh, bring the, the the glory days back to Red Bull at Milton Keynes, and uh, and, and that's of course the way that it's uh, worked out uh, ever since. Three championships in a row, a couple of constructors championships uh, for for Red Bull, and uh, Ricardo. I don't know. It's hard to say if uh, whether or not he has any uh, re- re- regret for that. I mean, he had to look out for himself, his own career, and at that point, uh, he thought uh, that the opportunities uh, would have led or would have uh, possibly been somewhere else. Hasn't worked out that way. But to get back to where he's driving at right now, I mean, when he came back into the car in the middle of the summer at Hungary and some of the races in around the summer break, either side, you could tell that this was a driver that was uh, shaking off a fair amount of rust, getting back to what uh, you know what he used to. Do uh, before uh, taking the you know going uh, outside of the team for a number of years. And of course, the AlphaTauri is a completely different and unique car compared to the Red Bull. But getting back into the family, getting back into uh, in, into a race car, not a sim, and you know, having to get his uh, fitness back up to speed, learning how to drive the car, and all those things. So, I mean, what he's done in a very very small amount of time is very very impressive. And until. Red Bull decide what they're going to do those questions are going to linger people are going to ask the question well if uh, Perez continues to struggle as he's uh, struggled at uh, at times throughout uh, the season even sometimes uh, previously last year as well and you have a driver like uh, Danny Ricardo that knows the team and is you know takes an Alpha Towery to P7 at uh, at uh, at the race this weekend in, in Mexico City is, is really something I think is going to turn a lot of heads and rightfully so because uh, Ricardo really did an exceptional job. I mean, if uh, Perez's weekend uh, was notable for the way that, uh, that that he underperformed, and you can't blame him either for seeing that opening. He's um, obviously fighting to keep his drive at Red Bull, saw that opening, thought that he would be able to go around uh, Charles Leclerc because if he managed to get around the outside that would have uh, on, on turn one, he would have been you know nicely positioned to go into turn two because uh, turn one is a very sharp uh, uh, right-hander. Uh, turn two is a very sharp Sharp left hander, and then turn three back to the right again. So right, left, right, and um, had Checo been able to to get around uh, Leclerc, then uh, he would have been a really, really nicely uh, uh, positioned to go, uh, you know, to go around him and uh, take that position. Maybe even take the lead at that point. Uh, you know, it's all speculation at this point, but uh, certainly that it was there to play for. And uh, I, I don't think that uh, that you can really begrudge him or or, or fault him for that. But uh, as Christian Horner so. Uh, uh, you know, so rightly pointed out that three cars don't go into one when you get into a corner. And the track there really isn't uh, too wide at uh, at that point. We see uh, cars shooting across the grass in the uh, in that complex of turns. We saw it uh, a couple of times uh, this afternoon uh, during the, the the 2023 Mexico City Grand Prix. And we've seen it in the past, uh, the last uh, number of years that, uh, that this race has been on the calendar. However, for Sergio uh, as being one of only a couple of cars to not finish this race after it was all said and done obviously runs uh, rubs quite a lot of salt into the uh, wound because this is a is a driver that is um whether he wants to admit it or not, or if Red Bull doesn't want to come out and say the quiet part out loud, he is fighting for a seat. And And let's face it, this is not a situation that is 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 unique to motorsport, to Formula One. But if you are running that team, it is your job to be looking for the next star. You have to be looking out for the next Max Verstappen. You have to be looking out for, for the next Sergio Perez. You know, there, there's of course going to be a bit of a difference in quality between what Max does and what Sergio does but you can get the the, the gist of uh, what, what I'm trying to say. Same if you go and look at uh, at the NFL for example. The Kansas City Chiefs would not be doing their due diligence if they were not right now trying to find the next Travis Kelsey or the next Patrick Mahomes. That's just the way it is. I mean, from from their point of view they're obviously going to hope that Kelsey and Mahomes are going to stay with that, the, that team for a number of years. Stay injury-free win a lot of Super Bowls that that's of course what they're hoping but it's the same in Formula One you've always got to be looking for succession planning looking for the next uh, big thing to come along that uh, if maybe it's going to be a a hot young prospect uh, that you're going to bring and develop uh, through your own system and bring up into the team at some point or maybe you're one of the teams that has the financial clout in that uh, that sort of cachet that um, that that real you know that, that's uns you know that intangible quality that uh, everybody uh, wants to wants to come and race for you I, I mean let, let's look at uh, Mercedes or Ferrari like uh, those are teams that everybody on the grid would want to race for Red Bull probably too uh, maybe not quite as uh, you know in, in a different way compared to Ferrari and uh, and uh, Mercedes, obviously, who have uh, road car divisions as well. But I mean, results and championships uh, speak uh, for, for for themselves. So I think it's uh, going to be a situation that is just going to get uh, discussed more and more and more until they decide that um, you know it's they they've gone as far as they can go with uh, with Sergio Perez. And they decide uh, to uh, to bring uh, Ricardo in or they decide, uh, you know, Checo's actually done a pretty good job. He's done everything that we've asked for. He's helped us win a, a constructors championship again this year. He's won some races along the way in his uh, career with uh, Red Bull. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to give him, we're going to pick up that option for next year. We're going to extend him, whatever it is, and reward him uh, for his uh, loyalty. But um, if it doesn't happen over this offseason, I think that uh, for, for 2025, uh, it really, Becomes a topic of discussion. Like we'll be going into a new era of Formula One in 2026. I mean, sure, that seems like a long way off, but you know, 2024 seemed like a long way off too at the start of this year, and here we are, you know, just a couple of days away from the start of November, meaning that Jan first 2024 is now what 62, 63 days away. <laughs> so it's coming quickly, and in Formula One, where you need so much runway uh, for for drivers and developing cars and things like that that really isn't a lot of time. Anyhow, uh, I'm going to move on uh, to the next uh, subject or the, the next uh, story here in a moment, but um, I'm going to take a quick break first, have a quick message from our sponsors. We'll come back. We're going to just uh, talk uh, briefly about uh, Charles uh, Leclerc's perspective from that uh, opening lap uh, incident at turn one with uh, Sergio Perez, and we'll pick it up uh, there in a moment after a short break from our sponsors, or uh, for a message from our sponsors. So please don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, here we go. Welcome back, and Charles Leclerc talking about him now. His perspective uh, from that incident uh, on lap one uh, at the uh, at the first corner. There, we got uh, tangled up uh, with uh, Sergio Perez. Um, obviously, uh, he's going to have his own uh, perspective because as, as I sit here and just uh, take a look at some of the pictures uh, from uh, from today, they, they really were almost uh, dead even. Uh, you know, you have uh, Max Verstappen inside on the uh, going into turn one, then you have uh, Charles Leclerc maybe half a wheel maybe a wheel length uh, or width in, in front of Max and then you have uh, Sergio a little bit uh, further ahead of um, of uh, Leclerc going around the outside in turn one uh, you know did any of them uh, really have the, the the advantage I mean when you look at uh, the um, the over, you know, the overhead shot, the helicopter shot, and then uh, some of the, the other in car cameras that really became a tight squeeze uh, really uh, quickly. So uh, Charles Leclerc he was uh, interviewed after the race He had a number of things uh, to talk about, uh, especially when um, uh, he was asked about uh, what what happened. Uh, you know, the post race interview. Charles had the following to say: "Quote, a lot of booing guys. I mean, honestly, I had nowhere to go. I was in a, a bit in between the two Red Bulls, and unfortunately, I touched Checo, but." I had nowhere to go, so it's life. It damaged my car, and unfortunately, it ended the race of Checo. But uh, yeah, on our end, we maximized uh, the race, so it's life. Of course, I'm disappointed to end the race of Checo like that, but I really didn't do it on purpose. I had nowhere to go. Uh, then he goes on to say to talk a little bit more about uh, the rest of the race, uh, talks a little bit about uh, the, the battle he had with uh, Lewis Hamilton, and uh, Charles had uh, the following to say, quote, we struggled a little bit with the hard after the restart. Lewis was really quick on the medium, and then they just managed to have Really good degradation, so yeah, they were just better today, and it's life. End quote. That's like three or four times that uh, Charles said, yeah, so that's life, or something to to that effect. In that uh, that that short little answer that he gave to to media after the race today, very very ph- uh, philosophic, uh, for, you know, philosophical from the uh, for, from the Madagascar driver. But I, I think if you're Ferrari, if you're Charles Leclerc, I mean, it, it's it's better than you you probably expected. I mean, they they continue at times uh, to struggle and things just uh, don't always work out the way that they want I mean a lot of the things that uh, the incident said uh, that that happened with Ferrari are quite uh, self you know self-inflicted i mean let's uh, be honest but at the end of the day despite uh, sustaining that damage on on lap 1 leclerc still manages to hold on to that uh, that final podium place ahead of his uh, teammates uh, then you know i think that uh, you know that that's still a really good uh, result because hamilton was flying today verstappen's always flying i mean uh, it's impossible for for anybody, including his own teammate, to keep up with them, so you know, good luck uh, to, to anywhere else. But I think Charles Leclerc should be uh, pretty pretty happy with that. And you know, when you, when you take a look now at the the constructors uh, championship, I should have done that off the top of the show. But if you look now and see where 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 they're at, you have uh, Red Bull obviously miles ahead of everyone. They got seven hundred thirty one points. Uh, Mercedes second in the constructors with uh, three seventy one. So I mean, there's literally a country mile uh, between uh, Red Bull and their nearest uh, pursuer. Uh, Then you have a Ferrari third with 349 McLaren 256 and Aston Martin with a 236. So and and I guess kind of going back to the discussion, uh, you know, what I was talking about uh, just before the break with uh, with Sergio Perez and, you know, perhaps some some turbulence with, uh, you know, with, with his tenure at Red Bull. The fact is of the of the matter is even though that he's uh, struggled he still has helped them win a constructors championship uh, this year and sure you can uh, you know make the counter argument yeah well mercedes haven't had a great season and don't have a great car neither do ferrari mercedes pardon me uh, mclaren do have a good car but it took them half the year to figure out what was going on with it and uh, design develop and implement the uh, the upgrades and changes uh, to that car before they could uh, really make a difference so they're a non-factor and asked to Martin, despite the fact they started so strongly at the beginning of the season, have uh, slowly tailed off and have really declined from, from where they were. You know, forget the, the the start of the season, but uh, just even a couple of uh, months ago. So I, I think that uh, just going back to to, um, uh, to Sergio Perez, the, the, the point I wanted to make is that if the Constructors' Championship was a lot different than it is, and uh, they didn't win that Constructors' uh, Championship, maybe that uh, conversation uh well what are we going to do we being Red Bull what are we going to do with Sergio Perez if Danny Ricardo Liam Lawson etc the, these other drivers that we have in the system are doing or did so well for us does it really make sense to keep uh, Sergio Perez in that uh, in in that car and I think for now that uh, the, the the answer to that question is yes yes but is quickly followed up with a comma, but for how long? <laughs> you know, because I don't think that it could go on uh, forever because the other teams are definitely starting to close the gap between themselves and Red Bull. The question is now, with only a handful of races left in this season, what can Red Bull do with this car over the, the, the off season? What is the 2024 contender going to be like? Is it still going to be as dominant as the cars that they've had for the past couple of years? Or will the Ferraris, McLarens, the Mercedes, etc. of the world have closed that gap by the time we get back to uh, racing in March of 2024? Or is it going to be more more of the same? Red Bull will Accelerate and just disappear down the road, basically right out of the starting blocks, and taking uh, the, the the other teams or forcing them into a very accelerated and very pressure dr- pressure driven uh, development cycle to 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 figure out what's going wrong with the car. Maybe not what's going wrong with the car, but to to get that car upgraded to make it more competitive again with the with, with Red Bull. And people just have not been able to do that over the course of the past uh, couple of years. Um. Anyways. That, uh, you know, I thought was uh, interesting just to hear Charles Leclerc's uh, pr- perspective on that. But another big uh, moment in this race... Came at about uh, half uh, race distance on lap uh, 32, so you have that uh, very twisty uh, sec- uh, section in the uh, the uh, the latter half of the lap. Um, you know the the the, the, sec- you know, the section of tracks is actually and, and properly you know you uh, know perf- perfectly named the S's in uh, sector two, where he had uh, a bit of a well, what is uh, believed to be a left rear suspension failure, which uh, tr- put his car very very hard into the uh, the barriers on the left hand side of the road at turn nine. It really did a number on uh, on Ma- on Magnuson's car. I mean, it wasn't just a little bit damaged. That car was heavily damaged. And, uh, Magnuson, uh, he got out of the car right away. It wasn't like, uh, he was knocked unconscious. I mean, the, the impact was very, very heavy and had the potential to be quite, uh, you know, nasty, but fortunately in this day and age, the way that the cars are built and the way that the survival cell, the cockpit is uh, built into the, uh, you know, parameters that are set out uh, for, for safety requirements that, um, he, he was in the best place, obviously he could be no, no pun intended, uh, you know, safety wise, but having said that, uh, after he climbed out of the car right away, uh, he climbed up onto those tech pro, uh, barriers and you could tell that, uh, that, that something was smarting, something hurt, uh, pretty bad. I mean, he kind of shook his hand, uh, a couple of times and he just looked like he had his, uh, you know, for, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, had his bell rung. It looked like, uh, that, that very, very heavy hit had, uh, really, um, you know, been felt uh, by, by by Kevin uh, Magnuson um, anyways um, after the race has uh, um, uh, made a had a bit of an announcement. Uh, They said, quote, Kevin is being kept in the medical center for a bit longer, just a standard observation. Instant looks to be suspension failure, possibly heat induced, Uh, end quote. Um, Anyways, uh, you know, there was a a lot of debris to clear the tech bro barriers needed to be uh, reset uh, for for safety reasons. So there was a, uh, you know, a a red flag period. Then we went back to a a standing start. And uh, before too long, it was back to, uh, business uh, as uh, usual but uh, you know the timing of that was uh, really quite uh, you, know, uh, you know i would say perfectly timed but it was just kind of funny the way that it uh, happened almost uh, at 50 uh, percent uh, race uh, race uh, distance um, uh, during the afternoon so hope that uh, kevin magdinson is uh, back to, to to normal before too long because like i say he looked like he was a uh, he was uh, really feeling the the brunt of that impact uh, immediately after jumping out of the cockpit. Uh, let's talk a little bit quickly about Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he said, "Sweet finesse was the key to the P two that he uh, recorded. That he earned. Let's be uh, fair with the with the words here. He really earned that uh, result. I mean the, uh, the 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 Mercedes cars that we've obviously seen over the last uh, almost two seasons now." not quite up to scratch compared to their predecessors obviously not in the same class as the Red Bull RB19 but P2 that uh, that's a great result uh, for for Mercedes Obviously, by their own very very high standards, that's not what they want, nor where they really want to be. But I think at this point in the season, especially after the uh, you know the horrible year that they had again by their own standards in uh, 2022, that uh, you know they're they're back up there. They're 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 not leading the constructors uh, championship, and they haven't uh, all year. But uh, they're you know especially Lewis is looking more the the, the Lewis of old. He sounded very very happy uh, at the end of the race uh, once uh, you. Know, the checkered flag had been waved uh, you, you could tell that there was some there was some, there was real joy in his voice that he was very very happy with the result that uh, they recorded this uh, weekend because again they they were used to dominating Formula One when we've watched uh, Max and Red Bull do for the last uh, season almost two seasons now that was uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, and uh, Mercedes for basically an entire well the, the the fair portion of almost a decade of uh, Formula One and uh, maybe not so much in 2016 the year that but a former t- uh, teammate uh, Nico uh, Rosberg won his one and only championship after getting out and establishing quite a very big uh, lead. I think it was about 43, 45 points, something like that, about four c- uh, races into the season. Whereas Lewis struggled a little bit uh, that year. But uh, other than that, I mean... Lewis has always been incredibly fast and consistent. And it, it, it's funny because if you kind of go back and listen to some of the different uh, negative situations where I was th- it was it Australia uh, that he said, uh, you know, why, why don't we just uh, retire the car? You know, he sounded very defeated, you know, very didn't sound like there was a lot of emotion or um, <laughs> enthusiasm in his voice when he uh, suggested to uh, his uh, race engineer that they uh, just retire the car. But uh, certainly uh, today at the at the Mexico City Grand Prix that uh, that that Lewis he sounded like he was having fun out there. I don't think he he would have been able to uh, catch up and pass uh, Max Verstappen, but uh, you know certainly not a result uh, to turn your nose up at. Um, Lewis after the race had a couple of things uh, to say about uh, his uh, his Grand Prix on Sunday afternoon, starting with the following quote: "I wasn't thinking about it was going to last, but I did some real sweet finesse. I, I was uh, trying to drive like you." And uh, quote, uh, anyways, uh, being a little bit uh, kind of cheeky when he was uh, just uh, talking, doing his interview with uh, 2009 uh, Formula One World Champion uh, Jensen Button, who had that uh, reputation of being, you know, quite gentle on the towers or tires, and uh, Lewis trying to do that uh, as well. Anyways, uh, Lewis uh, went on to talk a little bit more, saying uh, a couple more things uh, about his afternoon. Quote: "I feel fresh. We weren't having to push crazy hard out there, but this is a great result considering we started sixth. I'm really proud of the team. This is a really." difficult couple of weeks and to bounce back from a difficult weekend like last weekend with the end result this is really well done uh when he was asked uh, about uh, Verstappen uh and the way that um we had a pretty trouble-free afternoon and, uh, setting that, uh, 16th, uh, win of the season records. Uh, Lewis had the following to say, quote, I mean, to be honest, we were of course expecting, I think an incredible season today, of course, uh, we had to start P3, but I think the pace of the car was very, very good. We tried to do a different strategy, everyone else. And unfortunately with the red flag, we couldn't really show it, uh, basically, but nevertheless on those hard tires at the end, I think we are very, very strong End quote. And, um, uh pardon me that uh, that wasn't uh, Lewis Hamilton that was uh Max Verstappen uh, that was uh, you know speaking at, at the end he uh he didn't really have uh, too much to um to worry about i mean once uh, he got uh, through the mayhem at uh, at at the at the first corner on the opening lap it wasn't like he was coasting but uh, certainly when you have uh, one rival being eliminated from the race and the pole sitter and Charles Leclerc suffering some damage max uh, at that point uh, must have been uh, feeling a, a little bit i wouldn't say re- relief uh, but uh, knowing that that uh, maybe the threats uh, might uh, not be coming; they'd be more limited at that point. After uh, you know the the accident at uh, at turn one between Charles Leclerc and uh, Sergio Perez, um, another driver that uh, deserves uh, some credit uh, for what they did on uh, Sunday afternoon is a uh, McLaren driver Lando Norris, who uh, came home and uh, was uh, well. By the time it was all said and done, finished uh, P five, which uh, was uh, pretty pretty good considering where he started. From, uh, he was way down on the grid, didn't make it out of uh, P one, and uh, finished uh, you know a couple of places ahead of his teammate Oscar Piastri, who after qualifying uh, was uh, started uh, started the race in seventh, and then uh, by the time it was all said and done, Piastri you know dropping a spot and finishing in eighth, whereas uh, Norris shot right up uh, through the uh, through the race order on Sunday afternoon, and to uh, just be a couple of places off the podium by the time it was all. Said and done is, uh, you know, really, really something that uh, that he should be proud of uh, because uh, he did some incredible things there out on the track. So basically, he put that down to the awkward spots that uh, that that he passed. I mean the 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 move that he put on uh, Danny Ricardo, I think it was at that to uh, turn uh, four and five uh, a left uh, a left uh, left hander and a right hander was uh, was really quite something as well. Just uh, showed a lot of bravery, a lot of control, and a, a lot of uh, spatial awareness uh, for for Orlando to to get around the outside of uh, you know turn four and then uh, which you know placed him nicely. For the right-hander going into turn five, um, Norris had a, a couple of things uh, to say uh, after the race when he was talking to uh, Sky Sports, um, and he said, uh, "quote It's very special. It wasn't from twentieth to tenth; it was from fourteenth to fifth. So it was against George and Alex Albon and Oscar Piastri and Daniel. So it was against some quick guys and some smart guys. But I played it all well. I played the overtakes well. I put them into awkward positions, and I managed to get past them all very quickly." which allowed me up to end up in P5. Uh, then he went on to say, quote, my main thing is just staying out of trouble and it all paid off. So it's enjoyable racing like this. And I wish I could be a little bit uh, further up. I think we could have uh, challenged for some silverware, end quote. So, you know, wow, you know, that that is a great result uh, for, for Lando Norris. And, uh, you know, he must have been wondering uh, after, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, getting knocked out in Q1 on Saturday afternoon, my gosh, what do I have to do now? Now to have uh, salvaged my weekend somehow. Am I, you know, am I aiming for P ten in this one to try and get what one point to, to say at least I got into the points? But that would have been, I think. Um I think that would have been coupled with some knowledge on uh, on his behalf, and probably the team is like, Yeah, sure, you fought back from from where you did at the start of the race. You got into the point, you got a single point, but you would have had to have been thinking, uh, you know, this car was capable of uh, so much more. And it was capable of a whole lot more because uh, in reality, uh, Lando Norris, you know, getting to where he started in 15th to, uh, you know, getting into the points and then finishing the top five, I think is absolutely uh, fantastic. And just to, uh, goes again to show the uh, you know the quality that uh, the McLaren have in that car but also the quality that they have in a couple of drivers. I mean, Piastri had a bit of a quiet, uh, you know, afternoon. He finished uh, P8, uh, but the two of them have uh, been really, really fun to watch uh, since uh, the Austrian Grand Prix back at the beginning of uh, July. And uh, certainly, I think that's uh, something they have to be uh, pretty, pretty happy with. Um, so as I mentioned, I went down the, the, the race classification, the constructors championship. Got one more story to quickly talk about, uh, but uh, let's just uh, talk now quickly about the driver standings. So we have uh, Max Verstappen, four ninety one. He is the twenty twenty three uh, Formula One World Champion. Had uh, you know taken that uh, title for the third time in a, a row just a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, still leading his teammate Sergio Perez, who has two hundred and forty points. Lewis Hamilton only twenty points behind Checo now. As he said, Checo with two hundred and forty, Hamilton with two twenty. Then you have uh, Carlos Sainz with one hundred and eighty uh, three, and he's ahead of uh, Fernando Alonso, who also has one hundred eighty. Three points, and then the other drivers in the top ten, excuse me, are uh, Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Oscar Piastri, and then Pierre Gasly riding, riding out the or rounding out. Pardon me, the uh, top ten in the uh, twenty twenty three Formula One Drivers uh, Championship. Uh, final story, and I'm glad to hear that uh, this was dealt with, uh, you know, really quite uh, swiftly, but after the race was over uh, or probably even uh, during the race now. I can't uh, can't remember the first time I saw this, but uh, there was a very unpleasant uh, video that got uh, circulated around uh, social media. I saw it on X uh, and it was uh, a couple of fans having an absolute brawl, a Donnybrook, if that is uh, even a word uh, to use uh, in this uh, situation. But uh, there, there was just a really nasty, nasty fight in the stands in that stadium section uh, right at the end of the lap there. And uh, of course, that garnered a whole lot of negative uh, reaction from fans and, uh, you know, prompted, uh, you know, some swift uh, reaction from, uh, formula one. Um, anyways, uh, that, you know, that was the only, you know, uh, you know, uh what's the word I want to say here, a noted incident of, uh, violence. It really got a, a lot of, uh, you know, coverage, uh, you know, the video went viral on uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah it, it was good to hear because uh you know the the um, formula one has decided to ban that uh you know that fan for life because it was a ferrari fan and red bull fan uh, mixing it up and uh the, the fan that uh, started the fight was uh, immediately uh you know kicked out of the, the 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 race and has been given a lifetime ban from formula one uh from ever coming back and watching another race uh in, in person so uh you know you know I, I always hate to see things like that. And I've been sporting events uh, before in the past where I've seen fights in the stands and, well, I don't know exactly what to, you know, kick this one off. Uh, you know, the, the ones that I've seen in person tend to be alcohol related. And, uh, you know, especially sometimes when you're sitting outside in the summer, you get the combination of uh, long, hot, sunny days hot weather and uh, alcohol people make uh, bad decisions. I don't know if that was uh, something similar, but uh, as unpleasant as it was, I was very very happy to see that uh, that Formula 1 stepped in so quickly that the authorities were there, got the uh, you know the the the, uh, the 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 troublemaker out of the the facility and have now banned him for life. So I think that uh, it was a good uh, resolution. Hope the person that was also involved wasn't injured uh, too bad because like I say I I hate seeing that uh, that sort of stuff. Anyways, I'm going to wrap it up here for now. Uh, as Mark and I keep saying, uh, what, the other one that was missing, whenever that was, uh, <laughs> this Perry that we have, we'll be back uh, on the show for the uh, the, the the usual weekly uh, news show on uh, Wednesday or Thursday night, depending on our schedules uh, this week. Probably Wednesday night is when the uh, weekly news show will uh, drop. Uh, but until then, um, you know, thank you so much uh, for listening. If you want to get in touch, please slide into our DMs on X, and you can find us there at Scootery F1 Pod, and then you. You can also uh email us conventionally and uh you can do that at scooterf one pod at gmail.com had uh, just a couple of really nice uh, emails i'll just read those quickly since i uh, got a couple of minutes here um and uh don't do mailbags as often as uh, we should so the first one comes from Anja uh, ferrara and uh and ang's email says the following hey mark and mark i just wanted to send you a quick note and thank you for cranking out so much good f1 content i'm a potter a potter par- pardon me not a a potter like a podcaster but a potter and an ultra runner from Albuquerque New Mexico and you guys keep me informed and entertained when I'm working in the studio and running through the desert I never miss an episode I'd figured I'd let you know that all your hard work brings a lot of joy into my life even when times are tough keep it up and I can't wait until the band is back together well thank you so much Ange uh, both uh, I, I shared this uh, email with Mark we're both very uh, you know touched uh, to, to hear that and you know we're, we're just we're part of a big community here and we're the ones uh, sitting here and cranking out the podcast, but uh, we we love hearing from people and talking Formula One with all of you, and love uh, hearing that. And you know, good for you for being an ultra runner. Uh, that is, uh, you know, one you know, physical activity workout, uh, I assume probably the right uh, word is a lifestyle uh, that uh, that absolutely, you know, I find so impressive. I know a couple of ultra runners myself and uh, while I consider myself to be in, in good shape and uh, that that is uh, next level stuff. So glad that we keep you com- uh, company in the studio and also when uh, you're out there uh, p- you know pounding out those uh, miles on a run, that, uh, that that's great to hear. And uh, thank you so much for the email, Ange. Uh, the next one is from uh, Adden for Fernandez, um, and Adam was just wanting to know uh, what the, the, the song, the music is at the end of the podcast. So that is a bit of a bespoke um, uh, music, outro music, that uh, that Mark and I had uh, produced a couple of years ago that, uh, that we hold the rights to. So, you know, the only way you can listen to it is just to listen to the end of the pod. <laughs> it's a bit of a catchy one, and uh, we like to, to throw it in there. And of course, our intro music has uh, been put uh, together by our, um, you know, our um, JT, the the human, and that was put together by our good uh, friend uh, Micah, and uh, who's a producer on that. And you can find him at uh, DJ Vinyl Richie, which I think is a great Twitter handle. If uh, Micah's still uh, active on, uh, on on X, I haven't checked it recently, but uh, I know a lot of people have uh, left that p- platform in uh, in recent times. Anyways, that's it for me now. It's it, it's pushing midnight here on Sunday night, and I'm getting a little bit sleepy. I got a couple of hours of uh, post production to do before this one show up in your feed on monday morning but hey you know it's a good way to start a monday i hope is to to, to plug a, a little bit of a scuderia into your morning morning roti- rotation yeah, i'm falling asleep here guys i gotta wrap this one up and uh listen to us uh, talk about four god anyways we'll be back in a couple of days have a great week bye for now